Today, the 20th of February 2023, marks the start of Fibrodysplasia McCune-Albright Syndrome Awareness Week. This week, uh, we are going to be focusing on being kind to yourself, highlighting key statistics from the FDMAS patient registry surveys, and telling the stories of people living with FDMAS. And guess what? I've got a new episode coming out on the 28th, just in time for Rare Disease Day. The cause of Rare Disease Day is to achieve equitable access to diagnosis, treatment, health and social care and social opportunity for people affected by rare disease. So keep following along for my journey and the 300 million people who are living and having a great quality of life as we make healthcare equitable for all. So we're here again with Laura Cow. Tell me, Laura, what have you been up to for the last six months? Yep. So, Pip, it's been a whirlwind um, ride for the last six months. I can tell you that much. I um, have been out and about in the community. I've also had my induction from um, council. So they train you really well to, um, you know, be equipped with all the knowledge uh, that you need to be able to kind of get in there and, and run $3 billion worth of assets. Um, and, yeah, so my I've, I've really just been doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, it is a, a quite a heavy schedule. There's a yeah. lot of um, events on the calendar. What are some of the highlights that you've had uh, in the first six months? Yeah, look, um, I think some of the highlights has been around, um, you know, the council meetings. We've, ha- we've had seven, I think, now, you know, and we've got – it's actually every Monday night we've got something on at council, um, with, with whether it be a briefing session on, um, you know, policies that are coming in or the work that the council starts for doing or for the community. Then we've got our council meeting, which is our structured council meeting, um, where we vote and debate, which is a lot of fun. And we've also then got um, our committee meetings. So every Monday night you're up there at council um, doing that kind of work. So that's a bit of a highlight to really know um, each week that there's something going on and decisions that you've got to make. Um, Look, I've been out in the community at so many events. Uh, I cannot believe how many events there are. There's a full calendar of (laughs) events, but there's also events that you kind of get invited to just because people are starting to know you in the community. Your profile is is increasing. So recently I've been going to our RFS um, over in Eward. Um, That's our rural fire service for anyone that wants acronym um, interpretation. And uh, yeah, look, it's been really lovely getting out in those. That's a huge highlight. Um, for me is getting out into the community, being invited to come out and, and see them and see what all our volunteers are doing, what our charity organisations are doing. And what what is it that you've learnt when you go and see these people? Because I, I can imagine that if you haven't had anything to do with the RFS or the SES or that sort of frontline emergency services before, uh, it would be quite eye-opening. Yeah. So firstly, um, RFS, I hadn't really looked at what they did. I, I appreciated everything. Um, I mean, 2018, I think it was, we had fires over through Holsworthy and up through into where I, I live in Alfred's Point. Um, so I knew all about our frontline services. So 
servicemen and women. <laughs> but one of the things I've really learned is um, a lot of the volunteer time, you know, these people are working full time, they're spending, um, they're at home for dinner or something and they'll get a call, they've got an active shift and they've got to get out. Um, I've learned the training. I went out on the training with our Men Eye Brigade. Um, I went to their AGMs, which was really good to see how they get their decision making for their governance. But also recently I went down to Warrenora with our Warrenora Rural Fire Service and they've got the boats, you know, and seeing that actually they're out on the water and seeing that they have to fight fire uphill, you know, they've got to kind of climb uphill and take, you know, copious amounts of uh, water and hosing and drag it up the hill. You've got to be so fit and um, the dangers that they put themselves into as volunteers for out to, to protect us. So, you know, you kind of know about it, but when you get in there and you really see it, it gives you such a huge appreciation for what our community members do for each other. Um, and it reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, no, it is. A, they're, I mean, they're an awesome organisation. We had them on a couple of years ago uh, for one of our episodes down at the boat shed. Yeah. Um, we had a cafe down there yeah. and, and they came down and spoke. And that was really interesting because what you do, just in that little conversation that you have for half an hour, you learn so much about how their grassroots, um, they're all volunteers. They've been in the area for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but they do, they are obviously starved for volunteers as well. So what were some of the messages that came out of those conversations um, when you're talking to organisations like that? Well, firstly, they actually gave me so much more time than half an hour, by the way, which was beautiful. <laughs> so, you know, with Menai, for example, I got from nine to 12 with them out on the training and got to buddy up with a few different people. One was a, a young boy that had just started out as a volunteer and his enthusiasm was infectious. Um, and then with Warrenora, I was with them from nine to one forty out on the water and seeing it's just after the floods that we've just had. Um, and over at the communication centre, um, I went and saw from behind the scene so when when our brigades are, are radioing in and, and telling people where they are you know seeing that they've they've got these visual boards saying either at the station or out or deployed here and it's really tracking them um the message i really got from them was that you know this they need more volunteers that they want people to know that there's even if you can't do the frontline stuff there are, is something that you can help with um, and don't be shy to come down and, and put your hand up for something. I'm sure every hand um, will help is the kind of message that they're giving. But also um, I'm really learning that people just appreciate you turning up and saying hi, you know, and mm. um Taking an interest in yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, taking an interest is a really important thing for them. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sure they appreciate you coming down and uh, yeah. and that's really good. So tell me some of the challenges that you've had over the last couple of months because not only have we had some weather events but, um, you know, settling into a new council and finding your groove. Yeah. Um, what does that look and feel like? Look, I think um, one of the th things that I talked to you about last time was around really trying to educate and understand the complexities that go into running a council and educating the community, but also myself on what that looks like. The challenge has been it's a minefield. It's it's actually um, quite complex because there's so many different departments servicing so many different areas of the Shire uh, that are all unique in themselves. And as you know, we've got 
um, different environmental impacts, which we've had recently with you know the erosion down here at Cronulla, the the um, w- the flooding up at Warrenora, and and flooding at Cornell, and and you know there's been all of these events, and the, to see. Um, everybody f- coming to action to try and um, make sure that the community can have their rubbish picked up, as simple as that, you know, but then more complex is what services do the, do they need? So working with interagency where the state government comes into play with the likes of Resilience New South Wales, bringing all of them together. The challenge for me is the fact that the community um, is is in need at that time. They're really needing support and guidance, and because I, I have been out in the community, they they seek that from me. Mm. I'm still learning, right? Until you don't know what you don't know, and so you've got so much information. I talked about that induction that you're getting. You're not inducted to to react in the moment to a flood event because it's it's unexpected you can be inducted into or you can be trained in kind of knowing the different ways that people work together but you don't don't know what you don't know so Mm. I have to say the challenge for me most recently over the last couple of months has been um the liaison point between council and the community um, when it's those real times of need and where they're they're really wanting you to do something for them that you can't do Mm. and council can't do it and you need to get them to go to someone else and it looks like you're fobbing them off but you're not you actually just have to make sure that the right department is helping them otherwise they're not going to get the help and you're just going to spend a lot of time pretending like you're helping them when in reality you can't. Yeah, wow. And so you've come to this role though with a whole heap of leadership skills. Yeah. Have you sort of upped the ante a little bit, do you think? This is next level. <laughs> this this leadership skills, it, they they... they give you that false sense of you're equipped when you are so not <laughs> no but yeah it, 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 I'm, I'm I was I'm blessed to to be able to do this role um the leadership skills all come into play uh you know I think it's it's important to um remind yourself that you are able to take this challenge on each time you are challenged by those kinds of things and it's it, most of those questions come online by the way they don't call you you don't mm. get the phone calls they come in written word online or, or via email and your response is public and and if they don't like your response that's public they come back with another public response <laughs> so you're not no matter what leadership skills you have you're not ready for that um, until it actually happens. Well, I can imagine that is also times by a thousand because of the public domain that it sits in. So if it's Facebook or Instagram or some sort of social platform. Yeah. Um, how are you going with that? Yeah. Um, let's just say I'm I'm challenged each time I open Facebook. <laughs> Um, you know, to, to go on a Facebook and to be so public, um, and COVID has caused us to to move from a um, face-to-face environment to be forced to go online. Mm. It was the way that um, businesses had to function. It was the way that people co- kept connected. And so, of course, we're not quite out of the woods with COVID, but we are opening back up again, but people have still got the habit of being online. Um, so that's the way that they communicate and say whatever they want to say. Mm. And I think um, I've got to keep when I'm when I deal with each comment times by a thousand. Um, 
online, I have to remind myself that what they're seeing and feeling and hearing when they're sitting at home or at their work or on their phone or wherever they are writing it, um, it's it's because that's all they're seeing with the blinkers mm. and that's it's, it's what they know. And I remind myself to go back with um, education and, and transparency no matter what mm. um, and not fight fire with fire in some, in some <laughs> respects. <laughs> well, that's that emotional regulation that you've yes. been honing in on for the last couple of months. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, I can imagine. I've, I've seen some of those. They get a bit nasty. Now, I want to ask you, you're still heavily involved in your sporting stuff? Yes, I am. Um, I wouldn't say heavily involved because we've had so much rain, Yes, right? Okay, okay. so... <laughs> <laughs> what does that look like yeah, in so a wet these, season? These weather events um, that we talked about just a minute ago that impact the councillor role, they also impact um, us on the sporting organisations. And, you know, that's another challenge in itself because we haven't been able to play as much football as we'd like um, mm. to play. We are um, still playing football. The last weekend was fantastic. It was blue skies and, and, you know, happiness for all the kids and adults getting out there and kicking the ball. But we have had, you know, a number of weeks of wet season um, already this year. Yeah. I mean, the rain that we've had since February, mm. it's it's unbelievable and it's caused our grounds to be pretty waterlogged and unsafe for mm. players. Um, but again, social media comes into play there as well. So from a um, from a social media perspective, people vent they're upset that they can't get out and play. Remembering we spent two years with COVID and not being able to play full seasons as well. Um, and so it's impacted a lot of people's well-being. They want to get out there. They want to be able to play. They want to socialise with their teammates. And when it's being told they can't it's really mm. hard and yes. it's hard for all of our volunteers it's hard for the association it's hard for the, all of the sporting organizations that can't play so yeah whilst I'm heavily involved in it of course I'm still the vice president and you know we've <laughs> been working along and doing what we do uh, we still have to turn up regardless if it's raining or not or you know every every Tuesday we have meetings and I think um, we still make decisions and we still work out solutions and strategies moving forward yeah um, it seems like there's a lot of work that goes into it and then for it not to take place. Oh, yes. And I, I think that would frustrate frustrate me so much that, you know, you put all those hours in to get ready for that weekend and then it's just cancelled on the Saturday morning. The clubs, the clubs um, what people don't see um, of, yeah, so what people don't see is the clubs and the volunteers and the executives purchasing all the canteen um, mm. produce, getting ready and and having fresh food, so it's fresh, mm. which will go to waste if they don't get the ground open, um, getting up at, you know, 6 o'clock and inspecting the field in the morning. Oh, sorry, it's actually earlier than 6 o'clock. It's like 5.30, <laughs> 5 o'clock, inspecting the field, reporting back to the association. And when it's so waterlogged and they can't play for the weekend, and this is just football I'm talking about, but I'm sure that it's across all sports, when they can't play, the, the volunteers are impacted, yep. the food goes to waste, so there's money lost, um, and then they have to deal with the social media and the outcry that the the, the sport hasn't gone ahead. Mm. And these people are already at capacity with the volunteer roles that they're doing. So, yeah, I think it's really hard for them. Um, you know, for me, not so much. I'm not, the, I'm not at the coalface anymore. I'm not 
out there checking the fields. I'm not out there doing the canteen. I'm not out there, you know, anymore doing any of those sorts of things. And I think um, I, I feel for all of those clubs across the whole shire of every sport that have to cancel at the mm. last minute because it's not just impacting the person playing. Yeah, although that is having a big impact on them. Such a huge impact. Yeah. Now I've heard, I've also saw on uh, social media that you were out at uh, Cafe Y, one of our favourite cafes for the podcast station. So talk to me about what what your involvement was out there. Yeah, look, Cafe Y, it's my favourite cafe um, and it's, you know, I'm sorry to all other cafes. Um, But Cafe (laughs) Y. But not really, sorry, not sorry. No, it's a social, a a good social um, cafe and uh, What's happened there, the most exciting thing is they have a beautiful girl called Tash who has worked her way through and she's now going to be the manager when they reopen on the 26th of this month. Well, we interviewed Tash. Right. When we went out there, yeah. She's been promoted. She is now the cafe manager. fantastic. Because she was undergoing her training. Yeah. Yep. So that's the most exciting thing that's happened. Um, Look, I just do, do, I'm just a community member that goes out there now. I haven't done their marketing or anything anymore that was a long time ago. Yeah. But um, I, any chance I get, I promote them. Yeah, they're um, running a great program out there for the, for the youth and um, to be able to find them the employment, give them the skills that they need so that they can actually, you know, sustain or, or support themselves is fabulous. Yeah, and they've got, you know, I think they take on 14 or more um, people each time and, mm. uh, you know, Karen, who is the education training manager there, is just... Big, big hello to Karen. Oh, she's fabulous. <laughs> hello, Karen. She is fabulous. She, yeah. she You know, and... And they're a little family within a family and, you know, they just do so much um, for these children, which are the, which are our local children. Mm. You know, they're, these children are um, now getting equipped to, to actually be empowered to take control of their lives. And I've seen a few of them, you know, Casey, she's, she's going places. She's a beautiful yeah. girl that works there and um, they've now... I think it's. I'm not going to say his name because I'm. I'm not quite a hundred percent sure. But he's brand new and starting, um, and you know they've got. It's really exciting. Cafe Y is just really exciting for yeah. the, our community. Okay, well, given that you're out and about, um, you're also got another little project happening on the side. Do you want to tell me about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, you know, it's my side hustle. <laughs> Uh, Apart from working full time, <laughs> oh yes, yes, I do. I do work full time. Um, I forgot about that. <laughs> no, I didn't. Employer, I didn't forget. I work full time. Uh, yeah, look, I, I last year um, I alluded to being um, diagnosed with a rare disease. So it's a mouthful, Pip. It's fibrodysplasia McCune Albright syndrome. Um, and when I was diagnosed with that, it was because it's rare. Um, a lot of rare diseases don't get mentioned um, enough in our doctors' minds because they they don't know what they don't know. Um, and there's three thousand plus rare diseases um, out there in the world. So, for a doctor to know all of them, um, it's, it would be very hard. Uh, so when I got diagnosed, I went through like this mindful of tests and you know so many tests, um, trying to find the right person who to look after me to care for me um, with ongoing plan management, um, getting myself to understand what is it that's going on with me and understanding my own health. So I... So can you tell us a little bit about what it is then? Like is there, is there an, a short explanation? Or yeah, I'll it... give you a really short explanation because <laughs> there's so much. I've, I've researched this. There is a lot of information but not enough. Um, so fibrodysplasia is actually... Um, 
it's it's a tissue that that grows into your bone and weakens your bone. So when it's in your arm, your arm would be weakened and very easily um, break. So very brittle. Um, I've actually got it in my head and in the base of my skull, an occipital bone, um, and in my elbow. And so when it's in there, it, it it kind of let's call it a flare up and that's going to be my non-clinical word when it flares up it, it kind of expands and pulsates and it causes extreme pain otherwise when it's not it's just a dull ache that you're constantly in pain so that's fibrodysplasia and it can grow deform your bones and it can also put pressure onto anything that's surrounding it so when it's in your head it's a bit of a worry um, McCune-Albright syndrome, um, the short answer is it's, it affects your central nervous system and it can cause um, dysfunction for your entire body and all your organs and things as, as you go through life. Um, it is a genetic disease, so children um, may get it early and it's more common to have it in children and the deformity of the bones happened with children and they kind of manage it at that time depending on if they need surgery or not. Um, it also flares up in older women um, as they're going through hormone changes, which is is less researched. Um, so yeah, so the long story is, I've made it. I've decided that I wanted to raise awareness in Australia. There wasn't. I researched quite extensively because you, you shouldn't reinvent the wheel in the rare. Um, the rare disease space. If someone's already doing something, you partner with them. There, there is no one doing anything for fibroid dysplasia mucune albright syndrome um, in Australia except for a few support groups on Facebook. Um, so I've partnered with those support groups online, but I've also partnered with um, Rare Voices Australia, Genetic Alliance Australia, and a research um, organisation overseas called the International Cons Consortium for Fibroid Dysplas Dysplasia McCune Albright Syndrome. Um, and I've created a, a company, um, and I will be starting this charity to raise awareness um, for this particular disease, but also for um, for empowering it's it's not just raising awareness it's also about a pathway uh, for people to go into care so and in taking their empowerment back for themselves rather than leaving it with the doctors one of the biggest fears that I had last year was going into a neurosurgeon's office and him googling what I had you know I was like you're not you're not going to be doing anything with my head man I'm out of here <laughs> And he was actually a very, very good neurosurgeon, let me just tell you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's the long, short version of what I'm going to do. And, like, for me, I, it doesn't look like it's had an impact on you, but what is the impact of that on your life, like on your daily life yeah. or in your body, like that we can't see? Because it sounds like it's a little bit invisible. Yeah, so what you can't see is um, every morning uh, if it's colder in the mornings, I can't get up properly. Um, it takes me... My mind, uh, it takes me a lot to get out of bed, as an example, to get up. Um, I'm in pain every day, 24-7. Um, there is just a constant pain throbbing at the base of my skull. Um, my bones my bones ache. Uh, depending on the pressure, the change of atmosphere, if there's a storm coming, trust me, you feel it, you know it. Wow. Um, it you're tired, very, very, very tired. And the, the McCune-Albright syndrome causes the central nervous system changes. So you, you constantly got this kind of out-of-whack feeling. Um, my endocrinologist obviously is one of my, my 
text message thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't text my endocrinologist. But, um, you know, you, you've got to be very aware of your body because mm. you need to rest. And in my role, I don't rest a lot. Um, I, I don't take the time out that I probably need to. But you don't see um, the pain and you don't see the, the challenges because uh, I don't allow you to. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like you've got good management, pain management strategies going on there. Well, one of the things, it's one of the things that you become we are very strong as humans um, you actually can adapt to anything so the pain that you feel and experience um, you can still function through it and you know you see that with people that have a lot worse than I do um, you see them coming every day showing up smiling and getting on with things it's and you don't know what's going on into going on for them so mm. yeah but accumulated pain is a, is a precursor to that, you know, um, lowered tolerance as well because yes. I know I've, I've got a lot of friends who are in um, constant pain and they talk about that, you know, like they, they don't have the tolerance. So once you understand that that's what's going on for them, um, yeah, it, and you shouldn't, I know, we should all be kind to everybody. But I it's know. like, But I know that pain is a massive, yeah, yeah. indicator of, you know, short fuse because they're, they're having to, their whole body is having to deal with that. So you're doing really well to manage all of that stuff yeah thank you I think um it's really you know when we talk about the pain I think the pain you can kind of work through for me I have been mm. able to you know I'm sitting here now and I know I've got the dull ache right and because we're talking about it I know it's even there even more <laughs> but it's that tiredness that I get challenged with because um you kind of you push yourself push yourself push yourself the pain's there you, you but the tiredness I can't describe it except for you just conk out yeah you cannot actually you, you might just be sitting there and you're just out cold and you know my family has a lot of photos of me just <laughs> sleeping with my mouth open sitting there um, because but it's like almost like a chronic sleep you just you've pushed yourself to this wall yeah. and you're absolutely exhausted there's days where I walk around and I'm very tired right but you you just keep pushing through and there's always someone I just keep reminding myself there's always someone more worse off than me well, I hope you are looking after yourself. I, I know am. that you're getting regular massages and you're, yes. you've got a good well-being strategy. I do. I do. I definitely have to have that. Yeah. And and you've taken on a big role in the council. So yeah. um, we're very appreciative of that. And there's not a lot of people that would do it or step into those shoes. So what are some of the messages that you'd like to send to the rest of the community now that you've been in six months and you've got a couple of years to go? So we can check back in. Do I still have two years or something to go? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, um, I think there's a few messages. I think I'd really – one of my um, key things is to be transparent um, and really let everyone know in the community what's going on at council. So I do an um, update every Tuesday um, of – the Monday, what happened at council, how I voted, why I voted that way. I encourage people to ask me questions. Um, and I think one of the, the, the key things that people, um, I'd like people to know, the message for people is we we as councillors all work very hard. Um, and, and I think if you really want to actually find out what's going on for us, We've got a really exciting thing that's happened now um, it, that the council staff had been working on before I was elected, but it, it just falls in line with the transparency. We now um, webcast 
our two meetings that need to be webcasted and that's our um, committee meetings and our council meeting. And so you get to see how the decision-making process happens, the debating from a, you know, each of the councillors when they're debating topics that are really important, the questions that get asked of the directors because all the council staff are in there and the, the um, general manager are there. They put in so many hours um, and you get to see that. So I encourage everybody to jump on um, to the Sutherland Shire Council YouTube page. They've got a YouTube page. It's fantastic. Um, and and start and register to, to watch that. And, and also you can um, reach out to me on my Facebook page as well. Or they can call you. Oh, I, I love you, them I to know. call me. You know, they could call me on my mobile. That's they need right. to find me. The, my mobile's listed wherever, the, you know, wherever online is and you Google, Google Council Laura Cal, you'll probably find my mobile number. Yes, yeah. No, you're very um, approachable and it's always a love, It's always lovely to catch up and speak to you and um, I do want to invite you back. Oh, no. <laughs> we want to follow your journey like we promised we would just so that you can, um, you can, you know, share your message with the, with the community but also report back to them about what else you've learned and you've um you're working on so that's fantastic thanks pip i really appreciate it no worries well we look forward to speaking to you again soon um and that was our counselor laura cal from evil thank you